Hey, Shoujo fans, and welcome to episode 37 of Shoujo Sunday. This week, we are doing something very special, and I'll tell you after the theme song. Let's dig in. <laughs> Okay, so we're at it again. I wrote a fanfic. <laughs> Yay! The difference with this fanfic, though, is that I wrote this one way back in 2014, but I love it so much, and I'm so excited to finally fully share it with the world. So, it's like, where do I begin? The title of this fanfic is Kyoya Otri and the Crystal Ball. I have this published on Archive of Our Own. It's been up there since whenever I made an account. So if you are one of the 3,100 people who has already read it, I've edited it. I've tried to make it better specifically for the podcast because this recording is going to be the thing that lives on. This is like the version that's like solid <laughs> that I can't edit. So I really tried my best to brush it up over the last couple of weeks so that it could be the best it could possibly be for the podcast. And I'm sure that there's more I could have done on it. But this is the version we're getting and I hope you all like it. I'm so excited. I'm so nervous. But we're going to do what we did on episode 10 of Shoujo Sunday, where Chica and I go back and forth reading chapters. So I'm going to start with chapter one and Chica's going to do chapter two and so on. So with all of that said, let me get into my soft serve summary, sort of. It's like on Archive of Our Own, they have the summary you show that will like entice people to read it. And this is what I came up with. An unexpected new guest at the Oran Host Club surprisingly figures out Haruhi's secret on her own, giving the hosts an extra reason to be kind to her. This mysterious lady piques Kyoya's interest by constantly catching him off guard and charming the other hosts with her talents. Meanwhile, the hosts plot to salvage Haruhi's quote-unquote reputation and prepare for their next big event, the Crystal Ball. Okay, and really quickly before I jump in, I'm not stalling, I promise. <laughs> I want to make it clear that I'm aware some of the dialogue is a little ice cream, you scream at certain parts because I was adamant in matching the universe and time of Oran High School Host Club where some of the views of the characters and things that they say can be a little ice cream you scream. So even if I wasn't agreeing with something, I was still putting it in the story because it felt within character. So with that said, I guess it's time to jump into chapter one. <laughs> Yay! Yay thank I'm so glad you're excited, Chica. <laughs> I've been waiting for this since the very beginning, guys. Like I knew it was happening. I haven't read it. So, oh, I know. Yeah, Chica's gonna go in blind too. Yes, um, my reaction is as fresh as you guys. Yay, I'm so excited. Okay, chapter one Miss Sasaki. The Oran Host Club is opened for business. Kyoya Otri opened the doors to Music Room 3, revealing an impressive queue of eager customers waiting in the hallway. Welcome, the members of the host club heralded in unison as the ladies poured through the double doors. Good afternoon, mademoiselles, beckoned Kyoya, who remained by the doors to greet the guests. 
Don't forget to sign in if you haven't already so that we're able to send you information regarding our upcoming events and auctions. He placed a large leather-bound book on a podium by the doors. He then opened a smaller black book that he'd had tucked under his arm and placed a check mark next to Place Sign-In Book by the Door under the title Open for Business to-Do List. In accordance with his routine, Kyoya strode about the room to observe his fellow hosts. The club's president, Tamaki Suo, was faring quite well, as per usual. Oh, Tamaki, sighed a dark-haired girl with plump pink lips beside him. Do you really mean that? Of course I do, my princess. Tamaki lifted her chin gently with his finger. There is absolutely nothing else I would rather do after a long day of schooling than enjoy this herbal tea with you. Even if it tastes bitter, I know that it's only because nothing can compare to your sweetness. The girl hastily fanned her flushing face. Kyoya scribbled on a blank page, October 1st, Tamaki Suo, Satisfactory. He then crossed to the opposite corner of the room to observe third year's Mitsukuni Honey Hani Nozuka and Takashi Mori Mori Nozuka at a table of five. Mitsukuni, Mori deadpanned, frosting. He seized a napkin from the tabletop and dabbed it in a nearby glass of ice water. He then proceeded to wipe the smattering of buttercream frosting that had made its way onto Honey's cheek. Oh, exclaimed one of the ladies sitting with them. That's just so sweet. Yeah, Mori, you're such a great friend, added another. <laughs> Thanks, Takashi, giggled Honey, and he threw his arms around Mori's neck. Aww, cooed the ladies. Honey Senpai and Mori Senpai, satisfactory. Kyoya then went to evaluate Harahi Fujioka, who was seeing guests one at a time. So how do you like Oran Academy so far? inquired the blonde-haired girl sitting opposite Harahi. I really like it, said Harahi, giving the girl a small grin. I definitely made the right choice when I decided to take the scholarship test to come here. What was your middle school like? She rested her face on her hands, which were delicately laced together beneath her chin. Oh, nothing like this. But it was nice. Harahi wistfully fixated on a nearby window. I'll bet my mother would be so happy to see me thriving in a place so different from what I'm used to. Well, I'm sure she is from heaven. Her guest's eyes widened. I'll bet. It's such a shame that you lost your mother at such a young age. I'm sure she'd be so proud of you. Thank you very much, Harahi bowed. Your mother ought to be proud too. Making first chair violin in the orchestra club during your first year of high school is a pretty big deal. Having that kind of talent is really rare. Oh, thank you, Harahi. You're the nicest guy I've ever met. The young lady blushed softly. Aw, oh, I'm just being honest. Harahi Fujioka. Satisfactory. Kyoya then went over to observe the Hitachin brothers. It seems I'm just in time, he thought. Hikaru, Kadu sung as he looked away, his face flushed. Don't embarrass me. What's wrong? Teased Hikaru. I'm just doing what I did the last time you got a paper cut. He was holding Kadu's hand against his own chin, his lips pressed up against the minuscule scrape on the side of his brother's forefinger. But you didn't have to caress my leg. That's just for when we're alone, remember? His face reddened deeper. Sometimes it's hard to wait, Hikaru confessed, his grip tightening around his brother's hand. Oh, Hikaru, Kadu breathed, unable to meet his brother's eyes. The ladies gathered around the twins were gnawing on napkins, tugging at their hair, and clapping their hands. 
What a beautiful display of brotherly love, one bellowed. You really can't get closer than they are, squeaked another. There's nothing sweeter than the bond the Hitachin brothers share, proclaimed a third. Hikaru and Karu Hitachin. Satisfactory. He placed a check mark next to host evaluations on his to-do list. Kyoya clicked his pen closed and glided it down to point at the next item on his to-do list. Check guest book for new names. As he approached the entrance to the music room, he noticed someone he didn't recognize signing in. She had wavy chestnut curls that cascaded down to her hips. As Kyoya approached her, she looked up at him revealing a pair of gray eyes that seemed to glitter as the light reflected in them. Good afternoon, Kyoya greeted her, and welcome to the Oron Host Club. I believe this is your first time here, is it not? Yes, it is, the girl answered, holding her gaze steady into his eyes. Please make yourself at home. Kyoya raised his wrist and glanced at his watch. The allotted 20 minutes guests had with their preferred host was nearly at a time for a changeover. In a moment, I'll be able to gather the rest of the hosts so that we can welcome you properly. Oh, thank you, replied the girl with a slight tone of surprise. What's your role here? Are you a host too? A smirk found its way onto Kyoya's face. Yes and no, he explained. I fulfill requests as they come in for me but I also handle most of the event planning and the accounting for the host club. Forgive me, I realize I haven't introduced myself. I'm Kyoya Otri. The girl blinked. The sound of his name seemed to register familiarly to her. It's a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Otri, she grinned. I'm Mika Sasaki. Before Kyoya could reply, there was a shift in the room. The ladies were switching out sessions with their hosts of choice. It's a pleasure to meet you too, Kyoya bowed, wishing he had just a moment longer to ask this girl about her name. Allow me to round up the rest of the hosts for you. Of course, Mika giggled softly. Kyoya made his way around the club to collect the hosts, tapping each of them on the shoulder to herd them toward the front of the room. If she's who I believe she is, Kyoya thought to himself, it is very important that the host club makes her happy. Welcome, proclaimed the hosts in unison when they were all gathered before their new guest. Thank you very much, the new girl bowed. And what is your name, princess? Tamaki asked, gingerly taking the lady's hand. My name is Mika Sasaki. She smiled all the way up to her sparkling eyes. Thank you for gracing us with your presence, Princess Sasaki. I've never seen a woman with so much beautiful, wavy hair. Tamaki twirled away from the girl and rejoined the other hosts. Feel free to stay as long as you like. The room will be lovelier the longer you're in it. I'm Tamaki Suo, the king of the host club. He pointed proudly at his fellow hosts beside him. This here is Kyoya Otri, the vice president. We have Hani Nazuka Senpai, but we call him Hani for short. Mori Nazuka Senpai, or Mori, Hikaru and Karu Hitachin, and our newest host, Haruhi Fujioka. Thank you, said Mika once more. Hello, gentlemen. As it's your first time here, began Kyoya, please feel free to request a private session with any one of our hosts, and be sure to let us know how your experience was before you leave. Well, I'd like to speak with Fujioka then, Mika decided. Very well then. Kyoya gave her a warm smile. Haruhi, please see to it that Miss Sasaki feels at home with us. He gave a cursory bow to their new guest and slipped away from the group, making his way back into the prep room. Tamaki froze. Ha, do he? Yes, is that all right? Questioned Mika with an eyebrow raised. Of course it is, affirmed Kadu, elbowing Tamaki. Don't mind the boss, he's a bit wacky sometimes, added Hikadu, who was also sure to give Tamaki a nudge. I'd be glad to spend some time with you, miss, Hadahi chimed in, pushing through the Hitachins to reach Miss Sasaki. You can follow me. Miss Mika Sasaki, 
Could she perhaps be the daughter of the famous Sasakis? I order a lot of the food for our events from them. Kyoya thought as he retrieved his laptop from his bag. He made his way back into the music room and sat himself at a table in the corner of the room with his computer. He typed Mika Sasaki's name into a search engine. Aha! He clicked upon the first result, revealing an article about the famous Sasaki family. Sasaki Shin and Sasaki Kiku, founders of Sasaki Gourmet, began their company in the kitchen of their first apartment before they were even engaged to be married. With Kiku's unique and comparable skills in traditional Japanese cuisine and Shin's imaginative dessert creations and homemade ice cream, Sasaki Gourmet restaurants make for a must-stop on any occasion. Over the years, they have expanded franchises all over Japan and have even branched out into Europe within the last two years. Kyoya scrolled further down the webpage. Their daughter, Sasaki Mika, is attending Lobelia Academy to study culinary artistry with hopes to follow in her mother and father's footsteps. It is rumored that some of their newer products, such as their dessert sushi, have been accredited to Mika's already nearly professional culinary skills and creativity. Hmm... Kyoya thought. If I'm sure to get on her good side, perhaps she might put a good word into her mother about the host club. While he waited for Mika's and Harahi's conversation to be over, he kept himself busy by getting ahead on the host club's accounting for the week. At changeover time, Kyoya returned his laptop to the prep room and planted himself by the front doors to the music room. He feigned flipping through the guest book while keeping his peripheral on Miss Sasaki, who seemed to be craning her neck in search of something. To Kyoya's surprise, her search ended when she spotted him by the doors and she strode in his direction. Hello, Miss Sasaki, Kyoya greeted her politely. How was your session with Haruhi? It was wonderful, thank you, Miss Sasaki bowed. Good, I'm glad to hear it. Kyoya couldn't help but feel a sense of relief. Is there any feedback in particular you'd care to share about your experience? I'd also be happy to answer any lingering questions you might have about the host club. Thank you, but Haruhi already answered all of my questions for me, Mika explained. Oh, well that's wonderful. What questions exactly? Then I suppose you know that the other hosts and I are completely at your service while you are here. There is nothing we treasure more than making our honored guests feel at home. Oh, <laughs> you're good, Mika laughed. You all run quite the show here. It's a really pleasant atmosphere. I can see why you do so well. Thank you. I'll be sure to let the other hosts know you said that. Although, there is one thing I should probably bring to your attention. Mika's voice trailed off. Oh? Kyoya blinked. Please do. Mika leaned in closer to Kyoya and lowered her voice to a whisper. It's Haruhi. She's wonderful, but it's a bit obvious. To me, anyway. Kyoya instinctively raised an eyebrow. He pushed his glasses further up on the bridge of his nose. She's the only woman to figure out Haruhi's true gender. And so quickly, too. As he spoke, he was careful to match Mika's soft tone. Yes, well, due to some... Mitigating circumstances, Haruhi will be posing as a host for the time being. We would appreciate it if you kept that to yourself. Oh, of course I will, gasped Mika. I had no intentions of doing the opposite. Thank you. We appreciate that, Kyoya grinned. Just who is this Mika Sasaki? The Oron Host Club is closed for business. Kyoya sat behind his computer updating the host club's website with a series of testimonials that had been written in the sign-in book that afternoon. Now that everyone was gathered in peace and quiet, he figured now would be the best time to deliver the shocking news. He turned to Haruhi, who had been wiping a tea set clean nearby. Haruhi, if you don't mind me asking, what did Miss Sasaki wish to speak with you about? 
She was just curious about the host club in general, Haruhi shrugged. She was telling me about how her mom cooks a lot of the food for our events. She seems really nice. Kyoya stopped typing. Did you happen to say anything that might have hinted at your femininity? No. She stacked the porcelain saucers neatly on the table in front of her. So she was able to figure it out entirely on her own, pondered Kyoya. Why would you ask that, Kyo-chan? Honey inquired, squeezing his stuffed bunny Usachan tightly to his chest. Kyoya let out a sigh and closed his laptop. It appears Miss Sasaki has figured out that Harahi is a girl. The other hosts gave a jarring collective gasp. But how? cried Karu. None of these girls have been able to figure it out before, hollered Hikaru. How could this be? wailed Tamaki, and he collapsed to his knees. My little girl isn't manly enough? He buried his face in his hands. You do realize how that sounds, right? Harahi asked, crossing her arms. It's not that big a deal, senpai. Actually, Kyoya interjected. It is. If the school somehow figures out that you're female, you won't be able to be a member of the host club any longer. We had an agreement that you would work for us until you repaid your debt. How much do I still owe you guys? Harahi huddled over the tea set so that the twins trembling wouldn't send any of it tumbling off of the table. A smirk crept upon Kyoya's face. He readjusted his glasses, which reflected brightly in the light of the music room, shielding Harahi from the frightening gleam in his eyes. It's only been a few months. You don't want to know. Tamaki briefly removed his hands from his face. We've got to figure out a way to rescue Harahi's manly reputation. Manly reputation? The twins echoed, exchanging quizzical glances. How do you suppose we do that, Tamachan? Asked Honey. We'll have to plan something big for her to do at the crystal ball, declared Tamaki. Dare I ask what the crystal ball is? Deadpanned Harahi. The night before Halloween, Tamaki explained, and his gaze seemed to enter a universe entirely of its own. The host club will be throwing a crystal ball. Our guests will enjoy dinner, dancing, and fortune-telling by none other than us, the Oran Host Club, and will be dressed in authentic fortune-teller cosplay. Can Usachan be a psychic, too? Honey tossed his stuffed bunny into the air and then placed it on his shoulders. Mori carefully took the stuffed bunny from Honey and sat it atop his own shoulders. Of course, he answered on all the host's behalves. Well, you all daydream us up a plan, Kyoya said curtly. I'm going to get our food order settled. Kyoya marched into the prep room. It's best that I give the Sasakis our order with a few weeks' notice. It is rather large. He retrieved a list of dishes and desserts needed for the crystal ball from his bag. He then withdrew his cell phone from his pocket and dialed the company's telephone number. After just one ring, somebody picked up on the other end. Good afternoon, Sasaki Gourmet, came a lady's voice from over the phone. Good afternoon, this is Kyoya Otari from the Yoron Host Club. We're holding another event in a few weeks and I'd like to place a large order. Hello, Kyoya. It's her. Would this be Miss Mika Sasaki? Thank you again for visiting the host club today. We were honored to have you. Thank you, Kyoya. You were all so welcoming. I'll be sure to come back. We would very much enjoy that. Would you like me to take your order, or should I ask my mother to come to the phone? As intrigued by you as I am, I'd like to continue to do business with your mother directly. I don't want to steal away any of your afternoon. If you could get your mother for me, I'd appreciate that. Thank you. That's very kind of you. I'll go and get her. Have a good night. I'll see you tomorrow. You as well, Miss Sasaki. I'll see you tomorrow. Interesting. And that is chapter one. <laughs> wow.
Wow. Wow. <laughs> yes. It was a it's a fun time. I've been like suppressing my laughter. Oh <laughs> this seems very, very interesting. I'm intrigued. Oh thank you. I'm glad. I'm very glad. <laughs> Chapter two? Okay. Chapter two, checking up. Tamaki and Kyoya sat on the edge of the fountain in the courtyard. Kyoya added up the profits from the club's online auctions that had closed the previous evening. The last pair of Haruhi's contacts went for 5,000 yen. These girls never ceased to amaze me. Tamaki's used eraser went for 6,700 yen. Hikaru and Karu's half-eaten box of Paki, uh, Haruhi raised an eyebrow as she and the Hitachi brothers arrived at the fountain. I know you guys wanted to meet early today, but why are we out in the courtyard? Tamaki seemed to have been pulled out of a riveting daydream. I thought it would be refreshing. Sure, that's one way to put it. Haruhi planted herself at Kyoya's side. Why the early start, boss? Hikaru asked. Kyoya has some concerns about how tired our guests seem on Monday afternoons, Tamaki explained. So he wants to figure out a way to perk our ladies up so that they'll stay with us longer. That's the gist of it, Kyoya elaborated. However, I'd rather wait until Mori-senpai and Honey-senpai arrive before getting into it. You see, I'm not a fan of repeating myself. No problem! The twins each gave a pair of thumbs up to Kyoya, who simply continued typing away on his laptop as the air fell silent. Suddenly, Tamaki rose to his feet. Everyone, I've the most wonderful idea, he gushed, combing his fingers through his hair. We should plan an entire event to show off Haruhi's manliness. It could be something spectacular. How are you going to go about that? Haruhi asked, her words dripping with skepticism. I think we should borrow the karate club's facilities and stage dramatic matches between all of us against Haruhi, Tamaki elaborated, his eyes glittering with delight. When the guests see how she was strong enough to beat us, there will be no doubt that she isn't a she. Isn't it perfect? That could work, but the karate club meets at the same time we do, Kyoya explained. And on the same days as well. Unless we want to ask them to relocate, you might have to dream up something else, Tamaki. Maybe Honey-senpai could help us, the Hitachi brothers proposed. He was the captain of the club for a while, Kaoru pointed out. Speaking of Honey, where is he? Hikaru craned his neck in search of the lolly boy. In that instant, Mori came sprinting towards the group. After he caught his breath, he muttered, He's gone. Who's gone? questioned the twins. Scooney. Mori's face had lost all of its color. I only took my eyes off of him for a minute. Have you checked the music room? asked Haruhi. Mori clenched a fist. I went there first. All of the host's jaws simultaneously dropped. Then this is an emergency, declared Tamaki, slamming his fist into his palm. Operation Find Our Beloved Honey Senpai must commence immediately. Mori-senpai, do you have any idea which direction he might have gone in? Mori shook his head. Then let's split up, Tamaki decided. I'll check the cafeteria. I'll check the classroom, Kyoya announced, and he made his way there post-haste. Upon entering Honey and Mori's classroom, Kyoya found that it was vacant. Where could Honey-senpai possibly have gone? He mused. He stepped out into the hallway, wondering aimlessly as he pondered the situation. If Honey wasn't in the classroom or the club room, there was a good chance he was in the cafeteria. Kyoya started in that direction, 
but a familiar laugh tickled his eardrums from down the hallway behind him. Hyoya whipped around. Sure enough, rounding the corner behind him was a head of blonde hair accompanied by a head of much longer, wavy, light brown hair. Honey strode happily alongside Mika Sasaki. He was carrying a slice of pink cake on a ceramic plate. Kyoya swiftly withdrew his cell phone and pressed Tamaki's number on speed dial. Kyoya, did you find him? Tamaki's voice quivered on the other end. I did, Kyoya affirmed. Marvelous, Tamaki celebrated. Mori is at his wit's end over here. I can imagine. I'll take him to the club room now. I'll meet you there. You got it. Kyoya returned his phone to his pocket and advanced toward Honey and Mika. Look, it's Kyo-chan! Honey gave a big wave to Kyoya as the distance between them was closed. Everyone's been looking for you, Honey-senpai, Kyoya chided him. Mori-senpai is especially worried. Oh, I'm sorry. Honey somberly apologized, unable to meet Kyoya's piercing gaze. But Mi-chan baked this for me. Honey's cheerful demeanor returned, and he raised his cake slice high above his head for Kyoya to inspect. She did it all by herself? It sure is delicious. Ignoring the slice of cake at his chin, Kyoya led the pair of them towards music room three. I'm sorry, Otori, Mika chimed in, matching his stride. I didn't mean to worry anybody. I just heard about Honey's love for sweets and decided to bake him a little something. Kyoya gave a silent sigh. It's all right, Miss Sasaki. I would just suggest perhaps bringing it to the club next time so that we don't lose track of one of our members. Understood. Mika's voice trailed off. As Kyoya opened the doors to the music room, Mori immediately dashed to Honey behind him. Kyoya continued a few feet further into the room and opened up his black book and wrote in an update under the day's date. Planning meeting by fountain. Cancelled. Reason? Honey was gifted cake by Miss Sasaki and did not show up. Today will be business as usual. Mitsukuni! Mori cried, and he placed a strong hand atop Honey's head. Don't run off like that. Hey, but Michan made me this delicious cake. He swallowed a heaping forkful, and Mika smiled humbly at his side. It does look quite delectable, Tamaki observed, leaning over Honey's shoulder. Thank you very much, trilled Mika. I'll be sure to bring enough for everybody the next time I bake for fun. Miss Suzaki. Kyoya began curiously. I can't help but wonder why you didn't remain at St. Lobelia's. Their culinary program is more advanced than Oron's, after all. Well, began Mika, taking a few small steps toward Kyoya. I always wanted to go to Oron Acad- Wait a minute. How did you know that I'm a transfer student from St. Lobelia's? Kyoya grinned and readjusted his glasses. It's club policy to do a small background check on all of our guests. I apologize if I made you uncomfortable. I promise we don't dig too deep here. We? mumbled Haruhi. Don't you mean you? That's fine, consented Mika. In fact, I applaud that kind of approach. You want to be able to trust your guests just as your guests want to be able to trust you. An admirable outlook, thought Kyoya. I left St. Lobelia's because I never wanted to go there in the first place, Mika exclaimed. It's my mother's alma mater, and she forced me to go there even after I made it clear that I wanted to go to Oran Academy. Once I set foot in Lobelia's, I wanted nothing more than to leave. The girls were so wrapped up in senseless drama, not to mention the hold the Zuka Club had over most of the student body, that it was hard to even focus on my studies. Luckily, my mother only demanded that I stay there for one full year. Once that was over, she let me transfer here to Oran. So far, I've really loved being here. 
Everyone has been so nice and welcoming to me, especially all of you. Well, we're happy you've chosen to spend your afternoons with us. Tamaki handed Mika a red rose that seemed to appear from nowhere. I hate to break up the fun, interjected Kyoya, although he didn't sound very remorseful. But we do have a business to open. He snapped his book shut, tucked it under his arm, and started toward the double doors. I'm sorry, uttered Mika, placing Tamaki's rose down gently on the table. I'll go join the rest of the girls in the hallway. You can stay, offered Honey sweetly. We like you here. You are absolutely right, Honey Senpai, agreed Tamaki. That is, as long as you promise to bring us some sweets next time. That pink cake looks simply amazing. Mika giggled. It was just a little something I whipped up. I'd be happy to bring you something sometime soon. Kyoya had already opened the doors to the music room, and the guests were pouring in. Well, boys, and Haruhi, began Tamaki, we've got some work to do. Really, Kyoya? gushed an auburn-haired girl, her eyes glistening. I'll take three. Of course, mademoiselle, affirmed Kyoya, handing the girl a small stack of photos. These are entirely candid photos of your favorite hosts going about their day. You wanted three, you said? You could always have them signed, and they would only cost you 1,200 yen more each. Oh, wow, could I? I'd love that. Of course you can. I'll have Hikaru and Kaoru sign these for you this evening, and if you join us for our test of courage this Saturday, I'll give them to you then. He jotted down a note in his black book. I can't wait. Thank you so much, Kyoya. He waved courteously as the auburn-haired girl joyfully skipped away. You're quite welcome. As Kyoya headed toward the guest book by the front doors, he felt a hand latch onto his shoulder. He turned around to see Tamaki smiling back at him. A small slice of pinkish cake that Mika baked sat on a saucer in his hand. This really is delicious, lauded Tamaki. Honey Senpai gave this to me. If he's willing to share, you know it's worth trying. Here, have a bite. He held a fork full of cake up to Kyoya's mouth. No, thank you. Kyoya pushed the fork away. I don't really care all that much for sweets. Tamaki pouted. But you ought to just give it a taste. That Princess Suzaki really has some talent. Don't you think so, Kyoya? I happen to believe that anybody with a proper cookbook and common sense can succeed to some degree in the kitchen. Kyoya rebutted. That's a little harsh. Tamaki shoved the fork full of cake into his mouth and proceeded to speak with his mouth full. For your information, she created this treat all by herself. He swallowed the cake and crossed his arms, sticking his nose into the air as he continued. She didn't copy it from some old recipe. It's brand new. In that case, I suppose she really is rather talented. Kyoya reasoned, readjusting his glasses. Beautiful and talented, Tamaki squealed, and tears welled in his eyes. Her daddy must be so proud. Yes, I'm sure. Don't you have guests to entertain? I'm a bit busy myself. Kyoya was curt. Tamaki wiped his eyes and tiptoed away. A horde of ladies rushed over to console him. Kyoya finally had a moment to glance at the guest book to check for any new guest names. When he turned around to make his way back toward his laptop, he found himself face to face with Mika Sazaki. Hello, Miss Sazaki. Kyoya greeted her with a polite smile. Can I help you with anything? Kyoya Otori, second year high school student at Oran Academy, the third son of the Otori family, an honor student, vice president and co-founder of the Oran Host Club. Kyoya blinked, confounded. Yes, 
That is me. Mika crossed her arms. It's interesting that you decided to do some checking up on me. I did some checking up on you as well. That's why I applaud your club policy. You always want to know just who it is you're dealing with. Yes, of course, Kyoya concurred. And just who is it you believe you're dealing with, Miss Suzaki? You are one of our most frequent customers, after all. My mother really likes doing business with the host club. You order some of her favorite things to make. Well, good. I'll keep that in mind. Perhaps I underestimated her. Seems we are quite alike. Thank you. You know, I've learned a little something about you since my first visit, she smirked. Oh, what's that? When your nose isn't in that book of yours, Mika giggled, you're actually very intriguing. Kyoya grinned. I'm humbled. I do hope you know how to relax, though. You seem to keep your professional face on even when the guests have gone and your friends are having fun. I'm capable of, as the saying goes, letting my hair down once in a while. Don't worry about me. Why worry about me, Miss Sasaki? Good, because that's important, too, she gave him a little grin. Suddenly, Tamaki's voice rang out from across the room. Everybody, please listen up, he bellowed. I want to announce the host club's next event. This Saturday, we've been granted permission to use the school grounds after hours for a special Halloween test of courage competition. Gasps and whispers broke out amongst the music room. If you'd like to come for some Halloween fun, please form a line behind the beautiful Princess Sasaki to sign up with Kyoya for the event. We're looking forward to seeing you there. Nearly all the girls attending the club ran over and stood behind Mika, who had still been smiling up at Kyoya. Well, Miss Sasaki, will you be attending? Kyoya inquired, his pen pressing into a blank page in his book for reservations. Most definitely, Mika affirmed. Awesome. I made it. <laughs> we made it. Yeah. So, chapter three, Test of Courage. Welcome to the Oron Host Club's Halloween Test of Courage, the Hitachin brothers announced when all of the guests arrived in the school's courtyard. The rules are as follows, Kadu began, and they're simple enough, Hikaru continued. If you scream, you're out, they proclaimed in unison. The last one standing wins. Kyoya cleared his throat to speak. Whoever wins will receive a sensual embrace from the host of her choice. Gasps were heard across the courtyard, and the surrounding ladies could not seem to stand still. All participants will receive a complimentary signed photo of the host club for your attendance, Kyoya continued. You will all be separated into groups, and each group will be accompanied by two hosts. I, however, will remain back at base camp to keep an eye on things from here. Whenever you're ready, please form groups of six, and the hosts will take you on your journey through the school grounds. If you are declared out, a host accompanying your team will escort you back here to base, where you will remain until the game ends. Are there any questions? Silence fell over the crowd. Then let's get started, Tamaki declared. The students departed, leaving Kyoya alone in the courtyard. He settled down on a bench with his black book and compared the sign-up list to the number of guests who actually attended the event. As he placed check marks in his book, he would hear a scream or two in the distance and students would be dropped off at the base area. That sure was fast, came Honey's voice over the walkie-talkie Kyoya had clipped onto his belt. What is it, Honey-senpai? asked Kyoya, and he paused his scribbling to raise the talkie to his lips. They're all out! Our ghost falling out of the tree scared all our ladies at once! Bring them back, requested Kyoya. I'll give them their participation prize when you get here. Kay! Hikaru and Karu led their group around to the school's parking lot. The brothers held hands as they walked, feigning fear. B-brother? 
stammered Kadu. Is th- this where it happened? Where what happened? implored one of the ladies in their group. The murder, gulped Hikaru. Yes, it was here. They say the ghost still haunts this parking lot, explained Kadu, squeezing Hikaru's hand. Cupped between the twins' interlocked fingers was a remote control. Together, they pushed the large red button. That's so scary, the ladies trembled. A toy car wrapped in a white sheet came tumbling off of the roof nearby. A plush pumpkin had been hot glued to its headlights. The makeshift ghoul crashed to the ground behind everybody, causing the girls to shriek. Hikadu and Kadu pulled out their walkie-talkies. You're all out, they sung together to both their group of girls and Kyoya. As Hikadu and Kadu led their group back to base camp, Tamaki and Haruhi followed behind them with the remainder of their ladies. Kyoya looked up from his book as they arrived. Is this everyone? Do we have a winner? Kyoya was perplexed at the sight of two groups returning at the same time. We do, confirmed Tamaki. He gestured grandly to the lady standing beside him. Princess Sasaki has won our test of courage. The surrounding guests applauded. Ugh, she's so lucky, one girl whispered to another. Yeah, I wonder who she'll pick to hug. I'll bet it's Tamaki. No, Hadahi, who wouldn't pick Hadahi? Mori, I bet he gives hugs like a big teddy bear. Well, princess, said Tamaki. As promised, the host of your choosing will give you a sensual embrace. All of the hosts lined up before their winner. Mika's eyes fell on each of them before her lips twitched into a small grin. Kyoya, Mika decided. <laughs> really? Snickered the twins, suppressing laughter. Very well, confirmed Tamaki. Kyoya, you owe this lovely lady a hug. Kyoya locked eyes with Mika and gave her a suave smile. Of course. He slowly stepped toward her and wrapped his arms around her. Is that perfume I smell? Mika's arms interlocked perfectly beneath his arms. Her hands cupped his shoulders, and Kyoya felt her thumb gently caress him through his shirt. He closed his eyes and pulled her ever so slightly closer. After all, he owed her something considered sensual. Please, Kyoya, call me Mika, whispered Mika softly into his ear. Her breath tickled his neck, and a slight chill made its way down Kyoya's spine. He nearly jumped. There's no need to be so formal with me. When they separated, Kyoya gave Mika a slight nod. What was that all about? After the guests went home, the hosts proceeded to clean up the various traps they had set for the event by relocating their props to Music Room 3. You know, I think that's the first time Kyoya's ever been picked for anything, teased Hikadu. Now that you mention it, I think you're right, agreed Hadahi. He's usually so busy behind the scenes that he tends to get overlooked, said Kadu matter-of-factly. I'm not entirely sure how to take that, Kyoya replied. That makes two things this evening. Either way, Tamaki chimed in, congratulations, Kyoya. I suppose I can't get picked for everything after all. Consider yourself lucky. Princess Sasaki is a wonderful woman. I think Michan is pretty, confessed Honey. And the same chill from before seemed to creep back down Kyoya's spine. Aw, that's sweet, honey-senpai, giggled Haruhi. She is awfully nice, offering to bake for us and all. Not to mention keeping your secret, Haruhi, reiterated Kyoya. It's imperative that we remain on her good side. Tamaki shrugged. I doubt we'll have any trouble with that. She's been more of a friend than a guest to us. Yeah, concurred Haruhi. It's been nice to have a girl around with a stable head on her shoulders for a change. A stable head on her shoulders. You're right, Kyoya thought. 
Anyway, I've got to get home. My dad thought I'd be back an hour ago. He's probably worried sick. Harahi headed out of the music room. I'll see you guys on Monday. Good night, Harahi, replied Kyoya. Mori and the Hitachins waved to her. Give your father my best for me, requested Tamaki. Not a chance, senpai. Sleep tight, Haru-chan. A stable head on her shoulders. She does seem to have a very professional air to her, doesn't she? I suppose I'll follow her lead, stated Kyoya. Good night. After a sea of farewells flooded over him, Kyoya headed home. Kyoya sat at his desk, his pencil's eraser pressed into his chin. Focus. He only had one more question left to answer on his accounting exam before he was free to go to music room three. A sudden chill trickled down his spine as an involuntary memory stole his attention. Mika's breath caressed the side of his face once more. Please, Kyoya, call me Mika. Kyoya blinked in an attempt to rid the image from his mind. How was her breath cool, warm, and almost silky all at once? Is that even human? He ferociously punched numbers into his calculator. Why does she want me to address her so informally? But more importantly, why am I even bothering to think about this, let alone in the middle of an exam? When the exam was over, Kyoya headed straight for the club room. He hoped that settling into his afternoon routine would set him straight. On his way there, however, he heard some hushed laughter emanating from a nearby classroom. Kyoya stopped in his tracks and poked his head through the ajar door, succumbing to his curiosity. She'd never know a thing. We could just gently lift it up and have a peek, one second-year boy said to another. They were standing over a girl who appeared to be asleep at her desk. The boys cackled hysterically. Those curls, are they? At the sound of their increasing laughter, the girl lifted her head. They are. It's Mika. Aww, one of the boys complained. We woke her up. Huh? Grunted Mika in a daze, blinking the sleep out of her eyes. Excuse me, Kyoya said coolly, pushing the door open and entering the classroom. Otari, one of the boys gasped. What are you doing here? I don't believe harassing Miss Sasaki is a very wise idea. You see, Mika is a good friend of mine. I'm sure you're both aware of the fact that I've the power to have both of your fathers removed from my father's hospitals, no matter how high they may rank among the top surgeons in Japan. I'd advise you to leave her alone. It was a bluff, but he hoped it was at least convincing enough. Without a word of protest, the boys scurried out of the classroom. Mika bolted out of her seat, and her fierce, dewy eyes locked on Kyoya. He gave her a stiff nod and turned on his heel to leave. He had only made it a few paces away from the door before he felt a tug on the back of his jacket. He turned to face her, his heart rate quickening. Thank you, Kyoya. Mika's voice wavered. If you hadn't been there, you're quite welcome, Kyoya replied softly. His breath seemed to be caught in his throat. Let me repay you. The sparkles in her gray eyes returned. That won't be necessary. Kyoya took a careful step backwards to put some distance between the two of them. I insist, she smiled up at him. Dinner on the house at our local location. Besides, you've given us so much business that it would only be fair for us to give a little something back. Kyoya slid his hands into his pockets to hide fists that were beginning to involuntarily clench. I suppose I can understand that logic. Since you insist, I'd be happy to accept your offer. Mika's face lit up. Is six o'clock tonight good for you? That's fine with me. I'll see you tonight, then, he said clinging to formality to steady his heartbeat. Mika talked at a normal volume, but all he could remember was her whispering into his ear. See you then. 
Mika turned away from Kiyoya and strode down the hallway in the opposite direction. When Kiyoya finally entered music room three, he noticed that the other hosts had already arrived. Kiyoya, you're late, observed Tamaki, waving a finger at him. Where were you? Yeah, it's not like you not to be the first one here, Hadahi pointed out. I ran into a bit of trouble on my way over here, Kiyoya explained. It was nothing important. If you say so, Tamaki stood from his chair. Now, let's discuss this evening. Why don't we go to the theater? I hear this season has just been superb. Kyoya felt his brow furrow deeply. Why don't we go another night this week, Tamaki, he suggested. Damn, how could I have forgotten? Another night? Tamaki whimpered. But Mondays are family night. Yeah, Kyoya-senpai, agreed Kadu. We thought you, of all people, should be able to remember that the boss has us reserve every Monday night for him, Hikaru added. I apologize, mumbled Kyoya. Something came up. What do you mean something came up? Barked Tamaki, clearly appalled. What could be more important than family? He raised his voice. Again, I apologize, repeated Kyoya. My mind was a little clouded when I made these other plans. Hikaru and Kadu exchanged smirks. Oh? What kind of plans? They inquired as one. You're not going on a date with Mika tonight, are you? Teased Hikaru. The twins fixated on Kyoya expectantly. Kyoya readjusted his glasses. I'd hardly call it a date, he deadpanned. I saved her from two morons earlier and she insisted on repaying me. It's merely a thank you meal, not a token of romantic affection. Sure it is, prodded Hikaru and Kadu together, taking one another's hands tenderly. You can believe whatever you like, Kiyoya stated. But what I know is that I wouldn't be having dinner with Mika this evening if I hadn't saved her this afternoon, and therefore nothing romantic was or will be implied by my agreeing to see her this evening. But what about us? Tamaki cried. You'll have to survive without me, I'm afraid. But, Mama... I'm sorry, but I've already agreed to go. I'll be there for next time. I promise. Daddy. Tamaki threw his arms around Kiyoya, who grimaced at his sudden touch. Thank you! At six o'clock sharp, Kiyoya pulled up to Sasaki Gourmet. He stepped out of his car and looked up to see rows of mini lanterns strung around the exterior of the restaurant. His driver pulled away as Kiyoya basked in the orange glow before proceeding towards the door. When he entered, an enticing savory aroma filled his nostrils. Good evening, sir, a hostess greeted him kindly. Your name? Otari Kiyoya, he replied. Ah, Mr. Otari, welcome. Please follow me. The hostess eagerly led him through the dining hall to a pair of French doors dressed in white lace curtains. Kyoya quickly straightened his black tie under his white collar to ensure nothing was askew as the hostess pulled them open. Through these doors was one of the restaurant's private party rooms. A single table had been set in the center of the room, which was lit by dozens of surrounding candles and dimmed hanging lights. Mika stood beside the table, which was dressed in an ivory cloth and already home to a little black teapot. She wore a form-fitting pink dress that shimmered in the candlelight, and her long wavy hair was tied back into a textured updo. Here you are, said the hostess just as they passed through the doors. Enjoy your meal. Thank you, Kyoya bowed to her, and the hostess made her way back out into the dining room, closing the doors behind her. Kyoya turned to face Mika and gave her a warm grin as he approached the table. Good evening, Mika. Hello, Mika beamed. You look handsome. She seemed to be suppressing a smile that wanted to double in size. Kyoya felt his internal temperature rapidly rise as the pair of them sat. 
That was unexpected. I should probably say something in return. Thank you. Your dress is lovely. Thank you. As promised, your meal tonight will be on us. A proper four-course meal, that is. Mika gestured to a steaming pot of tea that sat eagerly waiting to be poured between them. We'll start with tea, but we can pretend it's sake. She giggled. It'll be the real deal. You didn't need to go to so much trouble. Nonsense. I really appreciate what you did for me, Kyoya. It's the least I could do. There's something about her eyes that seems so different to me than any of our other guests. I'm happy I arrived when I did. Me too. May I pour the tea? Yes, of course. Kyoya found himself blushing as Mika lifted the teapot and poured into his cup first. Is it because their color is so unique? No, that's not it. I... I find them beautiful. They are uniquely beautiful. A waiter arrived with their starter course and quietly set an appetizer plate in front of each of them. Kyoya gazed down at his plate and saw an assortment of four appetizers, crab and seaweed, figs dressed with sesame dressing, smoked Pacific sari, and tiny potatoes fried with rice cracker batter. He reached for his chopsticks from their resting place on the table. This looks incredible, lauded Kyoya, carefully lifting a potato to his mouth. As he lowered his chopsticks, he was quite surprised to find his hands beginning to tremble. I'll be sure to pass the word along, Mika smiled before delicately biting into a fig. Well, yes, it's definitely as good as it looks, Kyoya chuckled. I know you're a baker, but do you like to cook things like this too? Sometimes, but not as much, Mika explained. My father always liked that I wanted to bake with him. Someday, he'll hand his position over to me. I'm an only child, so unless I can master cooking as well as baking, I'll have to find a business partner to run the company with. It surprises me that you transferred to Oron if that's the case. Although, after what you've already displayed, I have the utmost faith that you'll be able to master both. Mika finished a sip of tea before replying. In my opinion, I would have done worse at Lobelia's. If I'm unable to focus on my studies because of the drama going on around me, the studies aren't worth anything. Oron's culinary program might not be as awarded as Lobelia's, but it's certainly not considered amateur either. I'm much happier at Oron. I don't regret my decision at all. What about you? Are you happy at Oron? I'm certainly content, Kyoya said before enjoying his last little potato. The host club is a unique venture to say the least, but I've learned quite a lot from bringing Tamaki's outlandish ideas to life. Kyoya couldn't help but remember the sparkle in Tamaki's eyes when he approached him one winter evening and proclaimed, Let's start a club together. The waiter returned to their table to swiftly swap out their empty starter plates for sashimi plates. Kyoya looked down to see perfectly plated grouper with a shallow dish of soy sauce for dipping on the side. Mika had already begun to dig in while Kyoya gazed at the artistry of the cuts. You all seem very close at the host club, observed Mika. I think that's sweet. Kyoya grinned softly. Tamaki calls all of us his family. More often than not, it feels like he's right. Do you and Tamaki plan to keep working together after you graduate from Oran? Kyoya's eyes curiously squinted as he said, He and I have differing goals ahead of us, but who knows, perhaps things will change. What goals do you have, Kyoya? He didn't know how to explain. How was he to reply with, I'm the third son of the Otari family, so my goals don't matter. He used eating as an excuse to buy him a few more moments of thought. Right now I'm in a bit of a competition with my brothers to be my father's successor. He sugarcoated it the best he could. It's a nice challenge to keep me motivated in my studies. A little competition never hurt anybody, Mika agreed, but I think you looked happier when you were talking about the host club. Kyoya's heart dropped into his stomach. Mika's perception was as sharp as ever. She could even see through him. 
His heart rate quickened, and then he worried that she might be able to sense that, too. He drew a subtle deep breath and replied, The host club may be a lot of work, but it's also a source of joy for all of us. We love what we do. It shows. I don't understand, he thought as their sashimi plate was replaced with a steamed white rice dish mixed with wild mushroom and duck. Why do I feel concerned about making a good impression on this woman? There's nothing truly to gain from it. It's her mother I should be making a good impression upon. Perhaps I'm channeling that through Mika? No, this feels different. It's so warm in here. My apologies, Kyoya shifted uncomfortably in his seat. Could you tell me where the restroom is? His stomach flipped. It's right back there. Mika pointed behind her to a corner of the room far less illuminated by the candlelight. Thank you. Please excuse me for a moment. Kyoya stood and headed for the men's room. He leaned over the sink and drew a long, deep breath. A frazzled version of himself stared back at him in the mirror. He turned on the faucet and let the cold water run for a while before splashing some onto his face. It's her professionalism, her mannerisms, her skill, those eyes. That's it. She's beautiful to me. It's not just her eyes. It's her. All of her is uniquely beautiful. Kyoya dried his face and cleaned his glasses. He sheepishly grinned at himself in the mirror. When he returned to the table, he gave Mika a warm smile, which she returned. What would you like for dessert? Mika asked, handing him a laminated menu with all of her father's sweet delicacies to choose from. After everything I've realized this evening, I don't think I could eat another bite. Besides... To be honest, I don't really care all that much for sweets, Kyoya confessed. Oh, she seemed taken aback, but her smile quickly returned. That's not a problem. I won't force you to stay for a fourth course, Mika giggled. This was for you, after all. I enjoyed this. The words seemed to have fallen out of his mouth before he could stop them. He suddenly became thankful for the candlelight as it concealed the red hue that had begun to spread across his cheeks. Me too. It's been very nice getting to know you. He subconsciously fiddled with his tie. Same to you, Kyoya. Mika smiled sweetly at him from across the table. We should do this again. There's plenty more I'd like to learn about you. She sipped her tea. How should I take that? Certainly. Although, next time I might feel more comfortable choosing a menu at which you're eating free of charge is due to my chivalry and not your name. He chuckled. I'd like that. She assented, her eyes glistening. As would I said Kyoya as their waiter collected his and Mika's empty plates. As would I. And that is chapter three. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> Thank you. I must confess, before you get into chapter four, I think chapter four is my favorite chapter, so I hope you have fun. Okay, oh, I feel pressure. I must, I'm going to do my best. No, no pressure, no pressure. I just want you to enjoy. Okay. <laughs> chapter four, Don't Lose Your Cool. Proceeding club activities, Kyoya stationed himself at a table in the music room with his laptop. He scrolled through an email listing a new abundance of auction profits to record from over the weekend. Wow, thought Kyoya. It apparently took less than four hours for Tamaki's chipped teacup to sell, and at 13,000 yen, too. He eagerly typed the memo into his accounting spreadsheet. As he worked, he heard the sound of a chair screeching against the tiled floor. He looked up to see Haruhi standing opposite him at the table. Sorry, Kyoya-senpai, muttered Haruhi. I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's quite all right, Kyoya assured her. Is there something you need? Not really. Can I sit? 
I was just hoping I could talk to you. Haruhi squeezed the back of the chair as she spoke. Hyoya reluctantly closed his computer. What do you want to talk about? I just noticed you've been a little off lately. She carefully eased into the chair. Hyoya blinked. Excuse me? Off? Could you be a little more specific? Haruhi paused for a moment and gazed away in thought, her fingers resting by her chin. It's like you're fogged up. You seem distant. No, distracted. She slammed her fist onto her left palm as she came to her conclusion. Ah, Haruhi, you're always very perceptive, aren't you? He grinned. I assure you, I'm quite all right. Believe it or not, Kyoya-senpai, it's okay to have feelings for another person, stated Haruhi matter-of-factly. Kyoya's grin swiftly faded. Ah, there it is. It's somehow sweet to see you show some human emotions, she giggled. Oh, Kyoya! came a more feminine version of Kaoru's voice from behind Kyoya. He burst into the room wearing a girl's school uniform and a curly brunette wig. He was accompanied by his brother, who had been wearing glasses and a dark-haired wig. You're not a demon after all. Hikaru adjusted his glasses, not unlike Kyoya, would usually fix his. You've sucked all the evil out of me. He seized Kaoru by his hips, pulling him into a tight embrace. Literally. It was my pleasure. Kaoru inched his face closer to Hikaru. Hyoya stood, slamming his palms upon the table. Is this your idea of a clever joke? He shouted. Hikaru and Kaoru instantly broke out of their embrace. We're sorry, Kaoru cried, no longer in character. Yeah, we really are, Hikaru reiterated, trembling. It's appalling that you had to use Haruhi as bait for information. She's too naive to even realize you were using her. A vein pulsated painfully in Kyoya's forehead. Uh, actually, Kyoya-senpai, Haruhi corrected him. I just genuinely wanted to talk to you. I had no idea they were spying on us. And who are you calling naive? She's right, Hikaru's eyes widened in fear. Please don't hurt us pleaded Kaoru. I'm not going to do anything to you, you morons. Kyoya pushed his glasses further up on the bridge of his nose. However, Haruhi, I've now added 50 more requests onto your quota. 50? That's not fair. I had no idea they were even there. I had nothing to do with this. Haruhi hollered in protest. At that moment, the doors to the music room opened. Kyoya, Haruhi, Hikaru, and Kaoru all froze in place and looked toward the entrance. The twins, still in costume, zoomed into the prep room. Mori, Honey, and Tamaki all entered through the doors, their mouths covered in chocolate. As they approached the group, Kyoya handed each of them a napkin. Thank you, Kyoya, murmured Tamaki, and he stepped aside. Behind him stood Mika Sazaki with a white box in her hands. She smiled up at Kyoya. Good afternoon, she trilled. What you got there? asked Haruhi, peeking over Mika's shoulder and into the white box. I made some fudge for all of you. She raised the box a few centimeters higher. I didn't want to break my promise about baking for you. And boy is it delicious, praised Tamaki. Mori and Honey nodded silently at Tamaki's side, too busy chewing to comment. Aw, thank you. Haruhi extended her arm to accept a square of fudge from Mika. It smells amazing, she nibbled on the chocolate. The Hitachi brothers then returned to the room, now in boys' uniforms, sans wigs. I made fudge, Mika repeated for the twins. For us? 
That's so kind of you, Karu and Hikaru said together, and they shot mischievous smirks at Kyoya from behind Mika's back. Their eyes became enshrouded in a gold sparkle and suddenly burned laser red. There's a piece for you too, Kyoya, claimed Mika, and she held the box away from her person toward him. Kyoya crossed his arms, discreetly wiping the moisture off his palms. Thank you, but I do believe I already told you that I don't care for sweets. The other hosts nearly dropped their fudge at his reply. Mika retracted her arms and closed the box entirely. I remember, I just didn't want to exclude you. Mika's smile remained intact. While that's very kind of you, I'll still have to reject. Great, now it feels too warm in here. Tamaki made a noise that sounded as though he'd been stabbed in the abdomen. He's hopeless, he muttered. Hikaru and Karu nodded fiercely beside him. In fact, Kyoya continued, his fingers now threatening to tear through his jacket sleeves. We have some important club issues to discuss, and seeing as you're not a club member, Mika, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Tamaki, Hikaru, and Karu seemed to melt onto the floor. He really is hopeless, cried the three of them in a whisper. Mori, Honey, and Haruhi folded their hands to pay their respects to Kyoya's chance with Miss Sasaki. Kyoya collected his laptop and notebook from the table nearby. You are welcome to come back once we're open for business, he offered coolly. Tamaki rushed to Kyoya's side and placed a hand on his shoulder. Kyoya, don't you think that's a bit harsh? She made us all fudge. We could talk about the plans for the ball later. I don't think you realize just how much work goes into planning these events, Tamaki. Kyoya snapped back. It's all right, Mika interjected. Her smile remained on her face, but it no longer seemed to reach her eyes. I'll leave you all be. I don't want to cause you any more trouble, Kyoya. By now, her smile had faded, and a quiver laced her words, similar to when Kyoya saved her just a few days ago. Thanks for the fudge, Honey yelled after her with a big wave. With her hand on the doorknob to exit the music room, Mika whipped around and beamed at Honey. You're welcome, Honey Senpai. Anytime. She exited into the hallway and closed the doors loudly behind her, causing all of the hosts beside Kyoya to wince at the noise. Well, that was uncomfortable, grumbled Hikaru. No kidding, Kaoru sighed. Kyo-chan, I think you should apologize, suggested Honey. Mmm, agreed Mori with a nod. Kyoya averted his gaze to his shoes. His fingers switched on his laptop's lid. He's right, you know, said Tamaki, draping an arm gingerly across Kyoya's shoulders. That's not really how you should treat a girl you care about, explained Haruhi. You do care about her, don't you, senpai? Kyoya drew a deep breath. Looks like the cat's out of the bag. He readjusted his glasses. You know you can tell us anything, right? Implored Tamaki. We're family after all. You and this family business, Kyoya chuckled. Thanks, Tamaki. And yes, Haruhi, I suppose I do. Then you should go apologize, demanded the Hitachins, shoving Kyoya towards the doors. Hurry, warned Kaoru. Before you lose her, Hikaru coaxed. All right, all right, now get off me. Kyoya wriggled the boys off of his back. He poked his head out of the doors and looked down the hallway. Mika had already almost made it around the next corner. He ran a few paces in her direction before he beckoned. Miss Suzaki. Mika turned around slowly. The white box of homemade fudge still hugged closely to her chest. She turned around at the sound of her name and strode toward him. Her petite footsteps echoed loudly throughout the empty hall. Kyoya walked briskly toward her, and they met several meters away from the ajar doors to music room three. Yes? asked Mika softly. 
Those eyes. I, <clears throat> I wanted to apologize for my behavior. I'm really sorry that I was so unkind to you, and I wish I would have accepted your dessert. Mika smiled sweetly up at him and handed him the entire box of fudge. I really admire how seriously you run the host club. I wonder what the others would do if you weren't there to keep things in order. It's all in a day's work, Kyoya responded, taking a tiny square of fudge out of the box. He took a bite, and the buttery chocolate seemed to lovingly coat his tongue. He nearly dropped the rest to his feet. Not once have I ever encountered a dessert that I would voluntarily eat again purely for pleasure. I wonder, though, if that's because of what's in this or who made it. Mika, this is fantastic. He calmly praised her. Thank you very much, Mika bowed. There's plenty more in the box. I'd like for you to share it with your family, Kyoya. We didn't order the dessert on our at dinner last week. I'll be sure to do that, answered Kyoya. Thank you. And I forgive you, she added with a smile. Thank you, Kyoya repeated, and he felt himself begin to blush. I'll see you around then. See you. Kyoya turned on his heel and made his way back rather hastily toward the club room. His body temperature was rising quickly and he could feel his face was flushed. He wanted to go on with his normal afternoon task as soon as possible. Kyoya, came Mika's sweet voice from behind him. I can't turn around now. Yes? He asked, only turning his head halfway toward her. There's something on your back. Kyoya's heart dropped into his stomach. Rage swept over him as he reached an arm behind his back and felt a piece of paper there. With a small tug, it came loose. His eyes fell onto the large, bold letters. Lover boy. He crumpled it and tucked it out of sight into a pocket. Thank you once again, Mika. When Kyoya tore the doors open to the music room, the other host jumped. And, uh, Tamaki stammered. That's how you read constellations. Shut up, you idiot, demanded Kyoya, and he hurtled the ball of paper past him at the Hitachins who dodged it. I know you were spying on me. Hey, they yelled together. Do you think you're being funny? Kyoya berated them. This is none of your business whatsoever. We just wanted to help you, reasoned Tamaki. We think you and Mika would make a lovely couple. You can think all you like. Kyoya practically breathed fire, but that doesn't mean you should be plastering signs on my back about it. You may be right, said Tamaki, but you should confess to her. True love never fully blossoms until it has been watered by the words of mutual feelings. That's a little hypocritical, the Hitachins muttered. I agree with Tama-chan. I like Kyo-chan and Mi-chan together, proclaimed Honey sweetly, giving Usa-chan a strong embrace. She does seem to have a fondness for you added Haruhi. What's there to lose? Do you all think I know anything about what it means to be in a romantic relationship? Kyoya massaged his temples. When you care about someone, it all comes naturally, Tamaki explained. Except maybe for you, the Hitachis retorted to one another once more. Besides, Hikaru stated, if Mika-senpai was still willing to give you that fudge after the way you treated her, she's definitely got to have a crush on you, Kaoru concluded. Kyoya's face reddened once more. Oh, look at you, Tamaki squealed, pointing his finger directly in Kyoya's face. Please stop, Kyoya requested curtly, smacking Tamaki's hand away. Why don't we plan something special for you and Mika at the crystal ball? We could make your confession to her absolutely unforgettable. Tamaki had fallen on one knee and raised his arms as though he were presenting Kyoya as a prize. 
Absolutely not. We know how to settle this, Hikaru and Kaoru chimed in, cutting their way in between the bickering boys. Let's play a game! They tenderly interlocked their fingers. If Tamaki wins, Kaoru explained, Kyoya will have to confess his love to Mika at the crystal ball in a manner that he, Tamaki, chooses. And if Kyoya wins, Hikaru continued, he is free to do as he pleases without Tamaki or any of us butting in. Does that sound like a deal? They asked together. All I have to do is beat that moron in some kind of test. This should be a piece of cake. That sounds fine to me, Tamaki. I gladly accept this challenge. Tamaki passionately planted his hands over his heart. Guys, why don't we just let Kyoya do what he wants? Asked Haruhi. This is kind of a big deal for him. Thank you, Haruhi. Even though you technically started all of this madness, I'll lower your added quota to 25 instead of 50. Oh, joy. She rolled her eyes. The first one to break loses, declared the Hitachi brothers. Could you explain that in a little more detail, requested Kyoya. The first one to break composure loses, they clarified. Ah, so you'll be trying to trigger our anger? This should be interesting, Kyoya's voice trailed off. The game starts now! You're on, Kyoya, Tamaki pointed at him and then extended his hand for Kyoya to shake. May the best man win. Kyoya firmly accepted Tamaki's handshake. May he win indeed. Hikaru, Kaoru, and Haruhi strolled through the courtyard in search for Tamaki. Do you really think this is going to work? Asked Haruhi as the three of them spotted Tamaki's blonde hair in the distance. You'd be surprised, Kaoru answered. This could really affect the boss, Hikaru added. Hey, boss, the twins sang, and they each tossed an arm around Haruhi's shoulders. Tamaki turned around seeming to shimmer in the sunlight. His glistening aura depleted the moment his eyes met the mischievous gaze of the Hitachi brothers. What are you doing with Haruhi? He whimpered, disregarding their greeting. Haruhi just told us something very interesting, said Hikaru, and he pulled Haruhi closer to his person. What is it? Tamaki blinked. I want to hear. It's really not that big of a deal, muttered Haruhi. Yesterday, she did something reckless. Karu proclaimed. I wouldn't call it reckless, Haruhi defended. You're going to ruin the game if you don't play along, Hikaru and Karu both whispered into Haruhi's ears. Tamaki leaned over and took Haruhi's face in his hands. What did you do? He implored. Be careful, boss, warned the twins. You don't want to lose your cool, Karu chuckled. Tamaki cleared his throat and combed his fingers through his hair, standing tall once more. I mean... As your loving father, I shall be the judge of what is or isn't reckless. I let a stranger drive me home, Haruhi confessed plainly, crossing her arms. Tamaki seemed to choke on the very air around him. What? Damn! Cursed the twins. We thought for sure he'd burst out in a rage, complained Hikaru. Haruhi let a stranger drive her home? Squeaked Tamaki. Relax, senpai. I took a cab because it started raining when I was walking home from the supermarket, she explained. Tamaki was frozen in place. His very soul seemed to have escaped his body. Haruhi poked him several times. Senpai? Let it go, Haruhi, said Hikaru. He's too far gone, clarified Kaoru, gently leading her away from a statuesque Tamaki Suo. After placing the sign-in book by the music room's entrance, Kyoya sat himself beside his laptop. Upon powering up his computer, Kyoya sighed. 
What's wrong? asked a pair of familiar voices from behind his back. Hyoya turned around to see the sneering faces of Hokaru and Karu mere inches from his own. It appears as though all of my files are missing, stated Kyoya. This wouldn't happen to be your doing, would it? I don't know, teased Karu. Maybe, added Hikaru. Kyoya smiled. That's quite all right, because I anticipated you might do something like this. So I prepared a disc with everything of mine backed up on it. You mean this disc? inquired Hikaru. The one from your bag? specified Karu. Hikaru and Karu each presented Kyoya with half of a holographic disc. If you really did pull that out of my bag, yes, Kyoya replied calmly. However, he reached into his pocket. I've also prepared this data stick. Sorry, but you haven't won this time. The twins pouted. Hey there, Tamaki-senpai. Kaoru plopped himself next to Tamaki on a sofa after his final guest of the day stepped away. Hello there, you, answered Tamaki. Where's your brother? You're not going to force me to play that game again, are you? He seemed to panic immediately. Karu went to observe Haruhi making that commoner's coffee. Don't lose your cool. Tamaki's eyes widened. I'm cool, although his tone of voice hinted the opposite. I'm calm, collected, and regal. He flashed Kaoru a handsome smile. See, I'm the calmest king there is. I wouldn't go that far, giggled Kaoru. At that moment, Hikaru and Haruhi approached them. Haruhi had been carrying a tray full of teacups. Look who finally decided to join us, teased Kaoru. I thought it was called instant coffee. Shut up, retorted Hikaru. Haruhi, why don't I take that tray from you? It looks awful heavy. I'm fine, replied Haruhi with a smile. I don't mind doing these things. It's all a part of repaying my debt, after all. Hikaru grasped each side of the tray. But it's common courtesy to help our female companions, especially when it comes to carrying things. Before Haruhi could argue, Hikaru had forcibly seized the tray from her. Because of the power he used to steal the tray, the teacups went soaring. Tamaki shrieked and stood, his uniform sopping wet in hot coffee. Owie! So hot! Must contain composure! Wow, he's really determined, observed the twins together. You planned this? Haruhi was astonished. Perhaps, they replied. You know, you two really scare me sometimes. The Hatachin brothers laughed, throwing an arm around one another's shoulders and giving Haruhi a wink. Hikaru, are you sure we aren't taking it too far this time? asked Karu as the two of them opened the door in front of them. You and I both know that this is for the best, Hikaru reassured him. I'm a little worried about our safety here, brother. We'll be fine. He won't hurt us. Or will he? They questioned together. Oh well, here goes. Hikaru activated the voice recording function on his cell phone. The twins began to holler and clap their hands. Kyoya, who had been sleeping peacefully in his bed, opened one of his eyes and looked at his clock. It read 6.30 in the morning. Why? What are you imbeciles doing in my bedroom at 6.30 on a Saturday? Kyoya bellowed from under his pillow. Wakey, wakey, Kyoya-senpai, laughed Kaoru. Next week is the crystal ball, Hikaru announced. I don't need you two to remind me retorted Kyoya, and without thinking, he hurtled a pillow at the boys. Uh-oh, I think he lost his cool. Looks like Tamaki-senpai, began Kaoru. Can hold his composure better than Kyoya-senpai, concluded Hikaru. Who would have guessed, added Kaoru. Damn them. 
you lose, they sang together, and they hastily ran out of the bedroom before they could be engulfed in the flames of Kyoya's rage. After an afternoon of entertaining guests, the hosts sat together at a table around a box of homemade cookies that Mika had left with them earlier that day. We have an announcement, declared Hikaru, who proceeded to play the recording from Kyoya's bedroom over the weekend. Tamaki-senpai has won our competition, proclaimed Kaoru. Honey, who had been double-fisting cookies, dropped them both at Kaoru's words, forcing Mori to catch them just before they hit the floor. Are you okay, Kyoya-senpai? asked Haruhi. I'm fine, Kyoya replied. I would rather do things my way, of course, but a deal's a deal. Tamaki, you are, and I can't believe I'm saying this, free to plan my confession to Mika at the crystal ball. Yippee! celebrated Tamaki, leaping out of his chair. Kyoya, you won't regret this decision. As I recall, it wasn't really my choice. Either way, you'll be happy to have relied on me, he beamed. Again, well, whatever you say, Tamaki. Now, began Tamaki, and he slammed his hands onto the table. We're going to need to make this perfect. As this is a Halloween event, we're going to have to call in some professionals. You don't mean began a stunned honey, his voice trailing off. I do. The Black Magic Club, yelled all of the hosts together. All right, we got one more chapter to go. Wow, I struggled. I tried, I tried, y'all. No, you did great. That's such a fun chapter. Yes. All right, chapter five, The Crystal Ball. The evening had finally arrived, the Oron Host Club's Halloween Crystal Ball. The evening kicked off with a beautiful opening waltz played by the orchestra club, who had happily volunteered to provide music for the occasion. As Tamaki wished, all of the hosts were dressed in authentic fortune-teller cosplay that had been designed by Hikaru and Kadu's mother. Kyoya stood on the staircase, overlooking the packed dance floor, equipped with his black book. Guest turnout? Better than we ever hoped. This is your love line, explained Tamaki, stroking a lady's palm gently with his finger. It's quite long, which means you love passionately, my dear, and you'll find a true love that will last a lifetime. His face was now merely centimeters from hers. Oh, wow, breathed the girl. I hope that love is you, Tamaki. You never know what the stars have in store for you, he whispered. Perhaps it is me. The girl whimpered, seemingly too mesmerized by his words to produce her own. Trouble brewing warned Mori, while staring into a cloudy crystal ball. Oh no, wailed the ladies surrounding he and Honey. What kind of trouble? inquired one of the girls. It looks like, Honey began, and he swallowed. A calculus exam is coming soon. Aww. The girls couldn't resist. That might be scary, but it's just so cute when you say it, Honey. Reach in, urged Kado. If you dare, added Hikaru. To our fortune basket, they grinned widely. A large number of guests flocked over and encircled the Hitachins. What do you mean, if we dare? asked a nearby boy. Nothing's going to grab us in there, is it? One girl seemed worried. No, assured the brothers. We just don't want you to get bad luck. I'll take my chances, smirked the boy, and he snatched up a fortune. Me next, demanded a girl, and hands began appearing from every direction to seize fortunes. Um, Haruhi? A second-year girl began, and she tapped Haruhi on the shoulder. Haruhi turned around and gave the lady a smile. Oh, hello, are you enjoying the ball? Oh, yes, she responded, her face turning pink. 
I was just wondering... I was just wondering if maybe you could save the next dance for me? Of course I can, Hadahi accepted, although I'm not a very good dancer. Neither am I, the girl admitted, so there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Right, it'll be fun. Host event behavior, satisfactory. Kyoya then closed his black book and slipped it into his satchel where he'd been carrying some fortunes. Oh, realized Kyoya. Perhaps I ought to make notes of which food items are most popular amongst the guests. That way I'll know what to order for next time. And I could also inform Mika's mother of how well her cooking went over. It would only be fair after confessing my feelings to her daughter. His heart began to beat faster than the percussionist's drums as he approached the refreshments and evaluated each item's popularity. He then turned to make his way toward the dessert table on the opposite side of the room when an unexpected sight forced him to balk mid-step. Mika had arrived, her long curls flowing into an extravagant lavender gown that swept the staircase as she descended it. Seems I was wrong, Kyoya mumbled under his breath, a smile forming upon his face. About what? came Hadahi's voice from behind him. Oh, nothing. I just need to fix a few of these notes. He pretended to cross something out and rewrite it in his book. I didn't think it possible for her to be any more beautiful. As the evening progressed, the hosts ran out of fortunes. Guests had been taking some for their friends who were unable to make it to the ball. In fact, they had been requested by so many people that Kiyoya had to keep a list of students to provide with fortunes at school that upcoming Monday. To keep the orders from getting out of hand, each guest was not allowed more than two free fortunes. Because of this, the club began to turn a profit from the event an hour before it was set to end. As Kyoya added more names to the ever-growing list, the lights in the ballroom began to flicker. What's happening? Some of the guests whispered to one another. Darkness suddenly enveloped the dance floor, it being broken by nothing except a single skylight that pulled the moonlight out of the night sky and into a beam in the center of the ballroom. A chilling, maniacal laugh echoed from somewhere above. Good evening, students. A deep mal voice boomed throughout the ballroom. The room erupted in shrieks and the sound of people scurrying to huddle together. High-heeled shoes clacked briskly against the tile, and black patent leather crinkled in uneasy harmony with it. That's my cue. Time to change, thought Kyoya, and he slipped out of the room unnoticed. Tonight is the night the spirits have been waiting for, came the menacing voice once more, and it let out another blood-curdling laugh. Tamaki-senpai, I'm scared, yelled a first-year, tightly gripping his arm. Hadahi, hold me, yelled another girl who was cowering behind Hadahi's back. Who are you? Kadu asked the voice from above. And what do you want? added a visibly angry Hikaru. Every fifty years, on the night before All Hallows' Eve, the curse of Oran Academy reawakens, the voice explained. The curse of Oran Academy, cried Tamaki. You mean it's real? The male second-year student who wanders outdoors alone will meet a terrible, irreversible fate. His soul will be taken to appease the spirits, and, in fifty years, he will return to take his own revenge. A second-year male student? questioned Harahi. Guys, has anybody seen Kyoya-senpai? Kyoya? Tamaki repeated. No, I haven't seen him. Oh no, you don't think he's wandered off, do you? Boss! hollered the Hitachin brothers in unison. We saw him just before the lights went out! 
Hikaru's voice broke. He said he was going for a walk, Karu elaborated. The twins then nodded to Tamaki, who nodded back discreetly. I can't believe this, Tamaki wailed, dramatically draping the back of his hand against his forehead. Kyuya's gone off on his own the night before Halloween? He should know better than this! What are we going to do? He turned his head to find Mika staring directly at him. Her face had turned pale, and it seemed to have nothing to do with the moonlight reflecting off of her skin. She caught her breath and dashed out of the ballroom. Honey senpai! Tamaki hollered. I'm scared, Takashi! Honey responded on cue. Mori, who had been standing just outside of the ballroom, lifted his hand from his side to reveal a walkie-talkie. He positioned it in front of his mouth. Confirmation. The laughter that had been booming throughout the ballroom immediately ceased. (laughs) Just kidding. Happy Halloween from the Black Magic Club, announced Umehito Nekazawa, president of the school's Black Magic Club. Be sure to stop by our off-campus headquarters tomorrow for a special curse cleansing. You never know when somebody might try to curse you, especially on Halloween. After Nekazawa's words, the lights in the ballroom returned. The guests applauded. Wow, Tamaki-senpai, cooed the first year who had been squeezing his forearm. That was amazing. Yeah, agreed the girl behind Hadahi. You really scared us. Tamaki chuckled. We just want you all to embrace the Halloween spirit. He tenderly took her hand. Just as much as I want you to embrace me, princess. Oh, Tamaki. Kyoya sat on the edge of the fountain in the school's courtyard, now dressed in a formal suit and lavender necktie. In preparation for the event, he stocked the prep room with ties of every color so that he would be able to match Mika's dress when he confessed to her. The brisk autumn air whipped around him, although he could barely feel it. He couldn't bear to look toward the school. It would somehow be more disappointing to be looking for her and not have her appear than focusing on the cement below his dress shoes. His hands, which had been placed gently on his knees, were now threatening to block the flow of blood to his calves. Kyoya, a voice called in the distance. Kyoya's eyes widened, and his grip on his knees tightened even more. She came. Out of the corner of his eye, he caught a glimpse of purple. Kyoya, Mika screamed once more. He wanted to run to her, but his feet wouldn't move. His eyes seemed to mist over before he could even attempt to stop them, and a rush of relief came over him. Tamaki, for once, you weren't a complete idiot. Kyoya, she gasped. Her voice was much closer now. Mika's face was now directly in front of Kyoya's. She knelt in front of him to look him in the eyes. Teardrops had been streaming slowly down her cheeks. She placed her hands on either side of his face. Kyoya? she asked, and she bit her bottom lip. You're crying, he observed softly, and he carefully removed her hands from his face. You're okay, Mika replied, wiping her eyes. I never intended to make you upset, Kyoya said, handing her a handkerchief from an inner jacket pocket. Mika dabbed her eyes dry. I'm sorry, she apologized as she rose to her feet. I've completely lost my composure. She gave a small giggle. Don't apologize. I can't believe I'm about to do this. He, too, stood and scooped her into an embrace. I'm right here. You don't need to worry. Kyoya felt Mika's hands grasp the back of his jacket, pulling him closer. He caught himself smiling. I might not be the best at articulating my feelings, 
Kyoya's voice wavered. But I'd like you to know, Mika, that you're quite beautiful to me, inside and out. Mika pulled herself backward out of his arms to see his face. Kyoya pressed his hand into his forehead, covering his eyes. Forgive me, he pleaded softly. It's one thing to behave like this when it's strictly for business, but it's entirely different when it's purely personal. I have no experience with something like this. Mika forced Kyoya's hand away from his eyes by interlocking her fingers with his. She had now stolen both of his hands. Kyoya felt her body lean into his and their noses touched. He kept his eyes closed and treasured Mika's calmness. She pressed her lips to Kyoya's, and he finally relaxed his body, squeezing her hands in return. When their lips parted, Kyoya finally opened his eyes. Mika was smiling up at him, her eyes now dry and sparkling with an excitement Kyoya had never noticed before. He bravely planted a kiss atop her forehead. Ah! came the voices of the rest of the hosts on a balcony in the distance. Tamaki, Hikaru, and Karu were wiping tears from their eyes. That was so beautiful! The three of them cried in unison. Kyoya blushed and Mika beamed. Congrats, you two! yelled Hadahi with a wave. Hooray! celebrated a bouncing honey, and Mori applauded from his side. Hurry back inside, coaxed Tamaki. There's only a few dances left. Kyoya bowed to Mika and extended his hand. Mademoiselle? She placed her hand in his, and the pair re-entered the ball as a couple. The orchestra began to play a slow, moving piece. Tamaki gently pushed Kyoya and Mika onto the dance floor. Kyoya instantly took Mika's waist, and they moved in rhythm with the legato music. Why me? asked Mika suddenly. Her head tilted slightly to her right. Why you? repeated Kyoya, a bit confused. You could have anyone, yet you chose me. Why is that? Kyoya flushed. Anyone? Now I don't know about that, but for now I'll bite. Because you're you. The host club entertains hundreds of guests each week, and you've stood out from all of them in the most wonderful of ways to me. Everything about you has so much class. There is beauty in all that you do. Mika's face reddened and she sparkled up at him. To think, I only visited the host club in the first place to put a face to the name of who'd been giving my family so much business. I never anticipated wanting to learn so much more about you, let alone admiring you. Admiring me, Kyoya reinforced the phrase aloud, the words tasting like homemade fudge on his tongue. Of course, she allowed a small laugh to escape her lips. Please, with your kind of talent and looks, I was intrigued by you immediately. Ah, well that makes two of us. If only such talent extended to controlling the redness in my face. As the final dance came to an end, all of the guests began to bid each other and the hosts farewell. Thank you all for coming, said an enthusiastic Tamaki. We hope you have a very happy Halloween. He then turned to the other hosts. Let's take a family photo. He pulled a camera out of his pocket. With Mika as well. Tonight is definitely one worth remembering. As the twin stole Mika away from her friends by the door, Tamaki handed his camera to Nekazawa so that he could capture the picture for him. The hosts all stood together. Mori stood expressionless on the far left with Honey directly beside him. Tamaki took up his place in the center and dragged Tadahi to stand at his side. The Hitachin brothers stood with an arm around the other shoulder on the far right. As Kyoya and Mika went to stand beside them, Tamaki spoke. Kyoya and Princess Sasaki should be front and center, he proclaimed. Before Kyoya could protest, 
Hikaru and Karu were pushing him and Mika to the front of the group. Mika giggled, completely unbothered by the chaos around her. Kyoya let out a little sigh, but found himself smiling instead of feeling frustrated. As the twins replaced Tamaki and Haruhi behind Kyoya and Mika, Nekazawa raised the camera. Say happy Halloween, instructed Nekazawa. Happy Halloween, repeated the hosts and Mika. Just as Nekazawa had taken the picture, Hikaru and Karu pushed Kyoya and Mika's faces together, forcing them to kiss. When it was over, Mika guffawed, but Kyoya glowered at the twins. What did I tell you two about meddling? He tried his best to control his anger. Guess we forgot, concluded Hikaru and Karu together, the smirks on their faces suggesting otherwise. That was supposed to be a nice family photo, Tamaki whined as Nekazawa returned his camera. It was, said Haruhi. Capturing a genuine moment is what pictures are supposed to do. Hikaru and Karu were just being themselves. Pranksters. I think it was a great shot. She laughed. Tamaki took a moment to reflect on her words. You are absolutely right, Haruhi. He hugged her and squeezed her tighter with every word. You always know just what to say. Right. Thanks. You can let go of me now, senpai. Her voice was muffled by Tamaki's chest. I'm going to go see if there's any cake left, announced Honey, and he tugged Mori's hand. Come on, Takashi! Don't take too much, ordered Mori, as the pair of them shuffled away. I guess the ball was a big success, huh? Asked Hikaru. Indeed it was, affirmed Kiyoya. It turned out to be better than we ever imagined. And Haruhi's manly reputation has been saved. Tamaki proclaimed as Haruhi finally pushed him off of her. I would imagine so, Kyoya responded. After all, she was the only woman in the ballroom who remained unafraid for any reason. He shot a glance at Mika, whose face flushed. We'll really have to step up our game for the next one, won't we? Inquired Kado. Perhaps, answered Kyoya. But for now, let's enjoy the present. You got it, replied the Hitachins together, giving Kyoya a thumbs up. There is nothing left to do but take care of all of my present responsibilities and look forward to what's in store for the host club in the future. As for Mika and me, as new, exciting, and frightening it is all at once, I have a very good feeling about the two of us. After all, she is the only woman who's ever made me feel this way. Kyoya squeezed Mika's hand as he walked her to the car that had been waiting for her outside. I never knew such feelings could be my own. Good night, Kyoya said Mika, and she turned to face him. Sweet dreams, Mika. Kyoya bowed. Mika kissed him gently on the cheek before stepping into her car. I truly never knew. His face began to tingle where she had kissed him. I suppose this is one of a multitude of moments from this evening I'll be reliving in my dreams. He placed a hand on his cheek. When Kyoya returned to the ballroom, which was now vacant, the other hosts rushed over to him. See, Kyoya? I didn't let you down, proclaimed Tamaki, winking and throwing Kyoya a victory sign. No, you didn't, Kyoya admitted, and I thank you for that. You're welcome. You know what? This gives me an idea. Since tonight was an enormous success, I ought to plan your first date with Mika as well. That's quite all right. I'd much rather be the one to take care of things from now on, said Kyoya. Please, Tamaki begged. No. Pretty please? For a moment... It looked like Tamaki had sprouted an actual pair of canine ears and a tail to go with his puppy dog eyes. I said no. His eyebrow twitched. We know how to settle this, interrupted the Hitachin brothers. A game! No, absolutely not. Kyoya was adamant. Why not? They pouted. While I appreciate your willingness to help, I'm capable on my own now. 
Aww. Hadahi chuckled. And the host club does what the host club does best. Get on each other's nerves like a family. At her words, Tamaki retrieved his camera from his pocket and snapped a photo of Hikaru and Karu prodding Kiyoya with honey, cake in hand, Hadahi and Mori looking on. That's a keeper, Tamaki rejoiced. Kyoya, Tamaki, Hikaru, Karu, Harahi, Honey, and Mori all laughed together. As the lights turned off in the ballroom, the Oran High School host club was, until Monday afternoon, officially closed for business. The end. Yay! It was kind of long, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I think it was a great story. Thank you so much. I'm very proud of it, honestly. Yeah, I was just like, oh. Especially like you know when she told her when she when Mika told her told him to call her Mika up in his ear, I was like, ooh, okay, <laughs> like shit, right? Like this is a bold woman. Like Kiyoya needs a bold woman. Most definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that we're running a little bit long, and I promise it will be very quick stuff. But I did have like a couple very silly little sprinkles on top. Okay, so. This was written in the summer of 2014. Uh, I spent the last couple of weeks like editing it and such, but the original was written in the summer of 2014. And honestly, the majority of this was written in my head. I was working at a bakery and I, you know, I always had to keep busy and to just sort of get myself through my shift, I would daydream about this story and what would happen next and silly stuff like that. So this got me through that bakery job, which was not a very fun job for me. It sounds like it would be, but it wasn't really a great job. So I'd be like cleaning up a room covered head to toe in flour. And it's like my mind was at Oran High School Host Club instead. So it was a really nice escape during that time. And I was also writing it when I was recording my debut EP, which is unfortunately no longer available. We don't got time to go into why, but I was writing it at the studio as well in 2014. So it was just a... It was a nice little summer there, just pretty much being at Oran mentally. In the archive of our own version, so I'm going to link this in the show notes and in our Discord and on social media when we post this episode so that you can finally go to my archive of our own. There are some other works on there as well from some other animes and franchises, if you're curious about my other fanfics. But in the archive of our own version, I have linked out throughout the story to songs from the Oran High School Host Club soundtrack to listen to while you read that feel appropriate for that scene in the story. Um, I don't think I would be able to put it on the podcast while we read it for copyright reasons, but it is there in the fanfic if you like read along or if you like want to listen to the music along while we're reading live on the podcast, you know, it's all there. Uh, a couple other very little sprinkles on top are Anytime I've mentioned Tamaki gazing out into his own universe, that is just the theater of Tamaki's mind happening behind the scenes. There's that line where Hikaru and Karu are making fun of Kyoya for having feelings. And they're doing that silly scene where they're role-playing Kyoya and Mika. And one of them says, oh, you're not a demon after all. And that's like slightly a reference to Black Butler because J. Michael Tatum voices Sebastian in Black Butler and also Kyoya. And it's like half of a reference that's kind of just for me. 
I did a lot of the writing in the the restaurant today. That scene, that dinner was never fully fleshed out until today when I wrote it. So I was like doing research on like fancy Japanese cuisine and stuff. And there's something called kaiseki ryori, which is a multi-dish, like high-end Japanese meal that's usually spread across four courses. There's starters, there's main courses, there's shokuji, which is steamed rice and pickles usually. And then there's a dessert course. And there's like a slight less fancy version that's just kind of like a lighter version of it which is served with tea at the beginning instead of sake so like this traditional meal is usually served with sake at the start and there's a lighter version of it that's served with tea at the start but the legal drinking age in Japan is 20 so I just had them start the course with tea and that's why Mika is like don't worry it's still the real deal we can pretend it's sake so it's like this is still high end you know <laughs> like you're not getting like cheaped out here like I promised you a uh, an authentic fully you know a four course meal so that's what this is and I was like researching specific restaurants because I did not have the time to be creative about dishes um so there's this restaurant I think it's called Oriori Suji which I stole some dishes from for this story so I bet they're great maybe if I go to ever go to Japan I'll check them out <laughs> uh but my very last sprinkle on top is my favorite it's just when I first wrote this I showed this to my producer at the time because I was writing it in studio. So of course they were just like, let me read it when you're done. And then my best friend, Mark, and you know, they read the story or whatever. And then like months later on two different occasions, like two different conversations with each of them, they were talking about Oran because uh, I got them both to watch it. And they were talking about parts of the series that they like. And then they accidentally started referencing my story as though it was canon and it was just extremely validating for me to be like oh yes I'm in that universe I succeeded so that was a very very good feeling but that is all my sprinkles on top for Kyoya Otari and the crystal ball oh you did such good work Gianna thank you so much I think that this is such a fun story and I I hope the listeners really enjoyed it as much as we did it's just that I was just trying I was doing my best to be professional so I wasn't like <laughs> laughing. I mean, I was in my heart and I like yeah. was holding my face at certain <laughs> points because I didn't want to like fuck up the recording or mess you up. But it's a really funny story. And so I just hope that everybody enjoys it and like really applauds you for the effort that you put into getting this story out just in time for like our listeners that are going to be missing Oran since we're done covering it now yeah it's like it's so bittersweet to be done but it's so fun to go out on this little silly note um i'm so glad that you liked the story this has always been a piece of writing that i was really proud of and it still stands to this day as like what i consider one of my best pieces of writing i'm probably going to continue to edit it by the way guys so some clunky stuff might be fixed if you decide to read it along on archive of our own or decide to visit it later on archive of our own i'm sure like around halloween especially i'll get the itch to revisit this and edit it just because of when the story takes place for some reason like reading maury's lines are so funny to me <laughs> like i just i was he, he's, he's our our one word our one word boy <laughs> it's just like i don't think i was like i don't think my voice is deep enough and so then i was right. like cracking up <laughs> because <of my> <laughs> i'm just like mm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> mm. <laughs> confirmation 
yeah 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 all right i don't know how to end this i'm just like i'm buzzing because i i'm really glad that this story's finally out in the world apart from just being on archive of our own but i guess from that we should do our patreon shout out yay for our sprinkles patrons we have pj pete and akemi for our whipped cream patron we have mark m and for our hot fudge patrons, we have Aaron, AJ, Mark D, and Mackenzie. Thank you all so much for being our patrons. Guys, if you want to support Shoujo Sunday and possibly get us back to posting weekly, please pledge to our Patreon. We have three tiers, the sprinkle tier, whipped cream tier, and hot fudge. And the best thing about our hot fudge tier is that you get Shonen Sunday mini episodes. That's right, Gianna and I are going to be reviewing shonen anime in a live stream and then we are gonna upload the vod like at a later time so that our patrons will have access to it but it's gonna be an awesome time and i think the show that we picked is definitely enticing enough yeah so i hope you guys Pledge to the Patreon, help us out. Um, it would mean so much to us. And yeah, and like, what else? We have ice cream social live streams. We guys could just like come and shoot the shit with us. Yeah, we got the custom phone wallpapers and app icon. To- oh my god, when I recorded that ad too, it took me three tries to say <laughs> this correctly. We also have custom phone wallpapers and app icon. App icons. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to keep the stutter in at this point. <laughs> we have custom phone wallpapers and app icons illustrated by Jello Plum, which are super duper cute and currently my lock screen and home screen and everything. Yeah, just absolutely just perfect. It just fits our vibe. But yeah, like we have that. We also have a special patron only Discord channel. Oh, yeah. Which our Discord, yeah, so our Discord is free, but this channel only our patrons can access it. And so it's like y'all can like really get the tea and ask us questions on like the day to day. And we will definitely get back to you within a couple hours. Yeah, I'm very active on Discord for sure. Yes, yes. All right, if you are enjoying our podcast, please consider giving us a five-star review wherever you are listening and following on your preferred podcast platform. You can follow us throughout the week at Shoujo Sunday across all socials. And if you are interested in us individually, I am Gianna Luna, your fan fiction author. You can follow me at Gianna underscore Luna underscore across socials, and that's Gianna with one N. How about you, Chica? I am Chica Supreme. You can follow me at Chica Supreme. That's Chica with a K and not two C's. All right. Well, guys, we'll be announcing soon on social media what we're covering next, but we'll keep you on your toes till then. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.